And around Easter time, it's good to be reminded of Jesus' suffering and death and burial and resurrection. We've, of course, sung about it all morning. And, and what a blessing to, uh, boy, to celebrate the residents born again Baptist, and that just simply means that you're saved, and then you choose to be a Baptist. That's that's not anything to do with your salvation. We of course celebrate the resurrection, and uh, the, tonight I'll be preaching, Lord willing, on the resurrection uh, as well. But uh, to this morning, I want to look at the cross of Calvary, just like they sang about that mercy tree, and uh, and look at that in Luke chapter number twenty-three. Now I want to just take two verses and read here for a moment. The Bible says in Luke chapter number 23 in verse number 32, And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Let's stop right there and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. Father, thank you for the great amount of suffering, the great amount of, 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 of sacrifice that you made so that we could be saved. God, what a great example of love. What a great example of compassion. What a great example of, of mercy and grace and all of the things, God, that you displayed to us and that you showed to us in the cross of Calvary. God, I pray that you would use me this morning. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every heart uh, through the preaching of your word. And God, that we would be uh, encouraged, we would be uh, convicted, we would be uh, just a reminded, Father, of the great love and compassion that you displayed to us on the cross of Calvary. God, we'll certainly thank you for that. We'll give you the honor and glory for all that's said and done. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Jump down with me in Luke chapter number 23, if you would, to verse number 39. And I would like to continue our reading here. It says in verse number 39, And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Verse number 40, but the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily I, verily, I say unto thee, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. What an amazing passage as we think about all that Jesus suffered on the cross of Calvary. And, and I want to preach this morning on the cross. And I find it interesting uh, as we look at this, and uh, the Bible says really there's nothing new under the sun, and there's really not. I mean, if you go back and, and you read uh, things, there, there's lots of messages been preached over this passage and lots of information that has been drawn from this very text. But I want you to notice this morning uh, three things out of the, uh, this, the, the crosses that were there. There were, of course, three people uh, that died that day on a hill called 
Calvary. There were three separate crosses. And I want you to notice the first cross that we encounter in verse number 39 was really a cross of rejection. It was a cross of rejection. Look with me there in verse number one. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. It was, of course, very well known uh, that Jesus was being crucified for the fact that, uh, that he is the Lord Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. That's why he was crucified. And, uh, and they made it out to be all this other stuff, and, and they, they brought other things. But the bottom line is, Jesus Christ himself chose to go to Calvary and to give his life on Calvary. This man, as he was standing there, he completely rejected Jesus Christ. He was in doubts. You'll notice that even from his speech. He's like, hey, if you're truly the Christ, hey, then save yourself and, and save us and get us out of here. But really, he, that was a mockery. It was not an invitation. It was, not, it was like, yeah, this guy is not really the Christ. He was really uh, making a mockery and making fun of the fact that Jesus was hanging there on the cross of Calvary. What are some of the reasons, as I thought about that, that he would reject Jesus Christ as his Savior? And the first one I thought of uh, is obviously scriptural. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 4, it says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The very first reason that sometimes people reject Jesus Christ as their own personal Savior is because the simple fact that they are blinded and cannot see Him. What is it that blinds them? Many times there's many ideas, there's many philosophies, there's even many religions that will blind people to the news that Jesus Christ is the only one who died on the cross of Calvary and the only way that we can uh, be saved from our sins. There's not salvation in any other name, the Bible says. It's only through Jesus Christ. And many people are blinded uh, by many things. And, and many, many religions teach, well, it's through good works. Listen, the Bible's very clear that we're not saved through good works. You can go to church a hundred times. You can be baptized a million times in a baptistry. Listen, you can give a million dollars in the offering. But can I tell you something? That will not save you. Jesus is not interested in all of those good works. Hey, listen, if we could be saved by good works, why on earth did Jesus Christ die on that cross? It doesn't fit. The fact of the matter is, we are, are without salvation outside of Jesus Christ. And He had to come and die on the cross of Calvary so that you and I could be saved. And all of the good works that we can muster and all of the things that we can do will not save us. He was blinded. Maybe he refused to admit that he was wrong. He's there hanging on the cross. He had obviously been condemned. 
I don't know the circumstances, but I know this, that this man looked at Christ and was basically making a mockery of him and, and saying, if thou be truly the Christ, in other words, I don't believe you are the Christ, and maybe he refused to admit that he himself was wrong. Sometimes as very moral people, we have a, uh, the, the idea that, man, I, well, I'm not bad enough to go to hell. I mean, after all, that's where, that's where the murderers go, and that's where the really bad people go. And, and the fact of the matter is, the Bible's very clear that all sinners, uh, those that are without the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, are under the condemnation and the wrath of God. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible says uh, that, that uh, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Maybe this man refused to admit that he was wrong and said, man, I, I've not done anything wrong, and I'm, I'm not condemned, and, and I'm not going to that place that, that, that they call hell. And, and, and some people, uh, listen, they just simply refuse to admit that they are wrong. And, and there's many reasons that people reject the Lord Jesus Christ, even today. Uh, but as that man was hanging on the cross of Calvary, I was looking at it even this morning, just going over things, and I thought, that man was the closest to Jesus Christ who rejected Him and died. That day, there's nobody else hanging closer to Jesus Christ than that man who rejected him and said, no, I'm not going to believe. Listen, I don't know why people would reject Jesus. There's probably more reasons than just simply those two. There's many reasons that people would reject Jesus Christ, but basically it falls down to unbelief. They don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe the Word of God. They don't believe that Jesus Christ came to this world and that He was the Son of God and that He died on the cross of Calvary and He did it for our salvation. Or maybe they don't believe that they're wrong or maybe they're blinded with some other uh, philosophies of this world or other things, but what I'm saying this morning is, listen, this man rejected Jesus Christ. My question to you is, what are you doing with Jesus Christ? Like this man, are you rejecting him as your own personal Savior? This man rejected Jesus. It was a cross of rejection. I want you to notice this, though, because the next guy, boy, it was a whole different story. Matter of fact, look with me there in our text in verse number 40. The Bible says this, But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? He's asking him, hey, don't you believe in God? Don't you understand that there's a God? How could you mock and how could you reject Jesus Christ as the Savior? Uh, listen, uh, don't you fear God? He said, they're, they're all three hanging there on the cross having this discussion. And, and this fellow rejected Jesus Christ. And this fellow was rebuking him. And, and we find that one was the cross of, of rejection. This was the cross of repentance. And I want you to notice there in verse number 41, look at what he says. He says, and we indeed justly. 
You know what? He recognized that he was a sinner. He recognized that. He, he, matter of fact, he, both of them, he was like, hey, we, we know that we're sinners. And, and he realized that he had done wrong. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, whereas by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. I said earlier that sometimes we think, well, you know, the people that are condemned for their sin are the, the wicked people and, and people, and I'm not one of those people. Did it ever occur to you how sin came into the world? The Bible says it right there in Romans 5.12, uh, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. Way back in the book of Genesis, chapter number 2, God gave Adam a command, and he said in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 16, The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt shall surely die. You know what man did to sin against God? He broke God's commandment. He didn't kill anyone. There was nobody else to kill but Eve. That would have, that would have ended it all right there, just saying. There's only man and woman. I mean, there was nobody else. We wouldn't be reading about the story if he'd have taken and done that. He didn't kill anybody. He wasn't some uh, gross, wicked, evil person, if we can say that. But God said, listen, of all the other trees you can eat in the garden, it's fine. But there's one tree specifically, hey, don't eat of that tree, God told him. And he was very clear about it. And we find in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 6 that the Bible says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband and he did eat. Listen, that's exactly what God told him not to do. You say, preacher, you, you believe all of that stuff? I believe every word of it because it's the word of God. God gave us this book to explain to us where sin came from, who God is, who we are, and what are we doing in this world, and what is our life. And you say, well, preacher, man, all the educated scholars, they believe other things. Listen, there's a lot of ignorantly educated scholars. I'm just saying I, I'm just telling you that not everything that man believes and, and elevates as educated and scholarly is correct. Matter of fact, you, you, could, go to, you could go to medicine for that matter. And I'm not, a, I'm not against medicine. But I'm telling you, you can find one expert that says this and another expert that says that, and they're totally contradicting who's right. They're both well-studied people. And what I'm telling you is that, listen, man has a whole lot of educated ideas that are completely wrong and ignorant of God's Word. And sometimes they take this stuff and they want to believe it so bad because they want to reject that there is a God. And they'll propagate this stuff and put it out so that everyone else, everyone believes it and it must be true. And, and all of this stuff, and they'll educate you till your, your eyeballs turn green. I mean, they just, uh, they just tell you, tell you, tell you. But I'm just telling you that the Word of God is true. 
It's been around a long time. It is a tried and true book. And when God says that he created man in the Garden of Eden, listen, he created man in the Garden of Eden. And it only took six days. Hey, we can go, uh, we can go through creation and, and we can talk all about all of that. And you can choose to reject it if you do, uh, if you want to. But listen, uh, I believe there is a God. I believe that he created the heaven. I believe that he placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. I believe that, G that Adam took and sinned against the Word of God. And that's where death entered into the picture. And that's where disease and all of the problems stemmed from that very beginning when man fell in sin because that's what God said would happen. And that's exactly what's happened. Forget it, we, we could go through archaeological finds and all the facts and all the figures that, that credit the Word of God. But I'm just telling you, the Word of God's true. And you can trust the Word of God. I don't know what they're putting out. It seems like every 10 years it changes anyways. The Word of God's true. And man has sinned against God, and man didn't. Man wasn't a, a wicked, vile thing that 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 that, that caused that. But listen, they he sinned simply by breaking God's commandment. And I submit to you this morning, every one of us in this room. We'll go further. Every one of us, in the sound of my voice, maybe those who have tuned in online, every single person in this world has broken God's command at one point or another. Preacher, not me. Have you ever lied? If you've lied, then you've sinned. God said not to lie. If you've stolen something, then, then you've sinned because God said not to steal. If you've thought uh, improper thoughts, uh, then, then, you've, then you've sinned. If you've said something that you were not supposed to say, then, then you've sinned. And what I'm saying is the Bible is very clear that all of us have sinned. All of us have broken God's command. All of us have done what God has told us not to do. And the Bible says, hey, that listen, if we're guilty, if we've broken one point of God's law, we're guilty of all of it. And we're just as guilty as that thief that was hanging on the cross. The thief, the thief well, we don't know if he was a thief or what he was, but we do know this. The one rejected Jesus Christ, the other repented. He said, we die justly. He's saying we're suffering for what we have done. We're paying for the price of our sins. And what we've done, we're getting what we deserve. And listen, the Bible is very clear that because of our sin, uh, that we deserve that. The Bible says in uh, John 3, 36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. That man, the one man, chose to reject that. So I don't believe all of that. And he died in his sins. But this second man, he was on a cross of repentance. He recognized his sin. Not only that, but look in verse number 41. He says, and we indeed justly. In other words, we have sinned. And then he says, for we received the due reward of our deeds. He said, listen, we're dying because we were wrong. We've messed up in our life. 
He recognized their wrongdoing. The Bible says this in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. What's a wage? Well, a wage is simply what you earn. If you go to work all week long and you work all week at your job, and, and if your boss pays you every week and you come around Friday, it's payday, and man, you're excited, you put in the hours, and, and, and you go to your boss, and, and you're expecting to get a big fat check, and, and, and he, he says... Uh, I don't have it, you'd probably be upset. And rightfully so, you've put in the time, you've earned it, and, and you ought to be paid. And the Bible, that's a wage that you earned. And the Bible says that the wages of our sin is death. What we deserve because of our sin is that is death. That was clear even way back in the beginning when he talked to Adam. He said, hey, if you eat of this tree, thou shalt surely die. And listen, uh, the man has been born and man has died. I don't know if you've noticed that, uh, but this world would be awfully populated if man did not die. Talk about a space problem. They're saying we have overpopulation now. Man, we, I don't know if you've ever been to some of the, the, the forests. Man, there's plenty of room. I, think, I, don't know, I don't know where these guys get these ideas. They have not traveled much. But what happened? Man born, man died. Man born, man dies. Man bor is born, man dies. Why is that? Because the Bible's true. That's where death comes from. Because God said it would happen. And it's not just a physical death. Because the Bible says in Revelation, it says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. And it's talking about an eternal damnation in the lake of fire. That's what we deserve for our sin. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. This man was telling the other man, uh, we indeed, uh, and we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. In other words, hey, we have sinned and, and we ought to die in this, in this condemnation. And, and that's just that is taking place. Look at he not only recognized his sin and recognized, and recognized his punishment, but I want you to notice this in verse number 41. He recognized that Jesus was God. He says, but this man, who? Talking about Jesus. This man hath done nothing amiss. Jesus was not dying as the result of his wrongdoing. He wasn't hanging on that cross because he had sinned or messed up in his life or, or did some crime that was worthy of death. He was hanging on that cross because he loved every one of us. He wanted to make a way that we could be saved. This man recognized, hey, Jesus, he's done nothing amiss. Hey, he hasn't committed sin. He, he, he's, he's without sin. He's without error in his life. And, and the people that observe Jesus Christ certainly know that. And, and, and the question then uh, bids to be answered, why did he die? Well, he died because he loves us. And that's certainly true. Uh, but he loves us so much that he wanted to take our punishment for our sins upon himself. He said, I don't want them to pay for the wages of their sin. I'm going to take it upon myself. 
So he went to the cross of Calvary, shed his precious blood so that, uh, so that we could be saved, so that we could be born again. Look at his request in verse number 42. We see that he recognized his sin. We see that he recognized his punishment. We see that he recognized that Jesus Christ was the perfect son of God and that he had not sinned and yet he was hanging on that cross. In verse number 42 he says, And he said unto Jesus, Lord, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. Verse 42 is a recognition when he said, hey, he is God. And he recognized that Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross of Calvary, was the, the only begotten Son of God. By the way, just as a side note, most of the modern Bibles take out that word Lord. It's the only kind word that Jesus Christ heard on the cross of Calvary. But you think about all the words of the people that had mocked him, all the words of the people that had made fun of him, even the words of the man that was next to him saying, hey, if you're truly the Christ, then, then, then save yourself and us, and, and mocking him and making fun of him. But the man on the other cross, he would rebuked him and he said, hey, I recognize my sin. I recognize my need for a Savior. I recognize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he said, Lord, remember me. And we see his request there in verse number 42. And when he said, remember me, have compassion on me. And we see a cross of repentance. And this man was crying out to the Lord and saying, hey, I want to be saved. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 and 10 that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It goes on in verse number 13 and it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That man hanging on that cross that day, you know what he did? He called on him and said, Lord, remember me. You know what he was saying? Lord, I want to be saved. Lord, I want to receive you as my personal Savior. Lord, I want to be born again. We have all these terms and all these words, and listen, they're all the same. He's saying, I want to be saved. Listen, this morning, you know why it's not good works? Because that man on the cross, he didn't have no good works to offer. He didn't offer any good works. He had not been baptized. That's why we know it's not with baptism. He, he, didn't, he didn't join a church. That's how we know it's not church membership. He didn't give any money. He was, he was hanging on the cross with, with no money and, and it was his dying breath that he cried out, Lord, remember me. And what did Jesus say? Today, today, thou shalt be with me in paradise. Jesus Christ assured him of salvation. There's no good works there. There was, no, there was no time. 
But he called on the name of the Lord, just like the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He took that time and called on the name of the Lord and he was saved and changed in his life. Uh, Listen, uh, I believe when we get to heaven, hey, we'll get to meet that man because he's there right now praising the Lord for his salvation. There's a cross of rejection That first man rejected Jesus Christ and mocked him. There's a cross of repentance and that man trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. He recognized his sin. He recognized his condemnation. He recognized that Jesus Christ was the sacrifice for his sins and he called on him and said, Lord, save me. Remember me. And he certainly did. And listen, lastly, I want you to notice that middle cross is a cross of redemption. Jesus Christ shed his precious blood so that you and I could be saved. And what a great cross of redemption. Listen, without that middle cross, isn't it ironic? I I was reading through that and and the Bible says that Jesus Christ was hung in the center. Uh, You think the Romans did that on purpose? I don't know, but I think God did. I think Jesus is the center of everything and he ought to be the center. And though... The one man rejected Jesus Christ. The other man repented and called on Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the cross of redemption. He's the only way that you can be saved this morning. There's no no other way. Being a member of Anchor Baptist Church is not going to save you. Being a member of any church is not going to save you. This man didn't join any church. He called on Jesus Christ for salvation. You say, well, man, that's great. My question is, what do you do with Jesus? You say, well, I'm going I'm to wait until I'm on my deathbed like that man. That's a foolish idea. Can I tell you why? Most people, many people, don't know when they're going to die. You don't know that you'll have an opportunity. Many people step out in eternity in a moment without a single thought more, even knowing that they're going to die. They don't know when their last breath is. This is a unique case. This guy, he kind of knew when his last breath was coming. He knew when he was checking out. But you might not be so lucky. You might not have that choice in your life. And what I would encourage you to do is today, trust Jesus Christ, call on him like that man did and say, Lord, I see my sin. I see that I'm condemned for my sin. I see that you're the sinless sacrifice for my sin. And I want to trust you as my savior. With every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand to our feet, Three crosses, a cross of rejection, a cross of repentance. Praise the Lord for that center cross, the cross of redemption. Jesus Christ arose from the dead victorious over death, hell, and the grave. We sing about that. We praise the Lord for that. Why? Because that is what can give us eternal life. The fact that Jesus came, died, was buried and rose again. 
Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, Preacher, I've rejected Jesus Christ up till today. I've refused to believe it. I've refused to accept it. But today, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I want to call on him. And if you're here, every head's bowed and every eye's closed. Nobody looking around, please. If you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I, I want to call on the Lord. Just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. Nobody's going to embarrass you. I'm not going to trick you into coming down or anything like that. I, I just want to pray for you. Would there be one that would say, Pastor, I, I want to receive Jesus. I want to call on Jesus as my Savior today. Would there be one? Just simply slip your hand up and put it back down. I just want to pray for you. Would there be one? Okay, I see that hand. Is there any others? You say, Pastor, I, I want to receive the Lord as my Savior today. Nobody's looking around. I don't want to miss anyone. I want to give you the opportunity. And if you raised your hand, or maybe you didn't, but you know you should have, why not ask Jesus Christ to call you, to save you, right there in your seat where you are? Just call on him and say, like the thief on that cross, who whatever he had done wrong, I don't know that he was a thief, but that fellow that was on the cross that said, Lord, remember me. Lord, I want to be saved. God, please save me. In a simple prayer like that, knowing that you're a sinner, knowing that you need to be saved, and calling on him, he'll save you for all of eternity. It's that simple. That's what that man did. Father, I pray that you would just be with each and every person. God, I thank you for the one that raised his hand. And God, maybe there are others. And God, I pray that you'd speak to their heart. God, I pray that they would not put off salvation. God, that's the most important thing. And the truth of the matter is we don't know how long we have in this world. Our life could come to an end so quickly that we wouldn't even have time to utter a prayer. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. God, we thank you for the cross of redemption in the center. God, you being the sacrifice, paying our price, taking our sin upon yourself. What a great demonstration of love. God, I pray that you'd speak to hearts as only you can. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Amen. As our heads are still bowed and our eyes are closed and the piano begins to play, maybe God's spoken to your heart and you want to just take a moment and pray at the altar or pray there in your seat, you're welcome to do that. Maybe you'd say, I would like to know more about salvation. If you'd like to know, you're welcome to come down front. And if you're a young man, we'll have a, a man show you from the Word of God. If you're a lady, we'll have a lady show you from the Word of God how you can know for sure where you'll spend eternity. Maybe you'd say, boy, I have not been in church like I need to be. And 
I'd like to get back into church. Why not tell that to God? The altar's open. These have come and there's still time. We're not in a hurry. Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross of Calvary so that you and I can be saved. We ought not take that lightly. He cares about us. He cares about you. He wants you to live for him. Follow him in his life, in your life.